just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today. Hope you're doing okay. I don't know if you know, but, you know, in, inflation is off the charts. Uh, the public schools are trying to tell your son or grandson that he's a girl. Uh, and there's a hot war in Ukraine that we're, we could get sucked into at any point. I don't know. Are you worried yet? <laughs> well, worry is a very real thing, but we're told not to worry in Scripture. But yet you look around, and, and it's it's hard at times. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, my guest today is Louis Giglio. I always enjoy talking to Louis Giglio. I know you guys enjoy listening to him. Uh, and he's got a new book out. It's called Winning the War on Worry. You can pick that up wherever you get books. If you just need a little therapy at home, something to guide you into some peace. Uh, but we're going to talk about it today. So chat is open. You're invited to be a part of the conversation. If you haven't liked, followed, subscribed, or shared, do that now. Pastor Louis Giglio, great to have you on Life Today Live. Randy, I always love being with you. Thank you so much for having me on today. I got a little bit worried with that intro. <laughs> yeah, you know. But, I mean, legitimately, uh, what's okay, what's funny is I've got the, the little press release here that they send out, and it says, uh, recent studies show 60% of adults feel stress and worry daily. But then I looked at the date, and it was 2020. I'm like, this had to have been like February of 2020, because I'm probably, it's higher than that. I mean, people are legitimately worried about stuff well there's a lot to be concerned about and i think maybe right off the bat today that is an important thing for us to put into the middle of this conversation that you know being concerned is good and i'm concerned about the war in ukraine i have friends that live in ukraine yeah. and we've done a, quite a bit of ministry there and i'm very much concerned about it i think it's when concern tips over and to worry that we take on things that God really knows we can't handle and we can't control. And then ultimately we lose the opportunity be, to be in the moment and to actually do the things that God has given us to do right now. Okay, so let's let's parse that out a bit because, you know, we have ministry partners in Ukraine too. I mean, and, and inflation is, it, it's causing a lot of people a lot of problems. What's the difference between concern in, in a healthy way and worry in an unhealthy way? I think that's a fantastic question and it's something that we should all really lean into, especially you, you mentioned the 2020 statistic. You know, everybody is stressed right now. I mean, if somebody's not stressed right now, then they need to be the one writing the book and it needs to be called, I'm not stressed. It will sell a jillion copies because everybody wants the secret to that formula. But I think, Randy, concern is awareness. It's just understanding we live on a broken planet. There are things that are dangerous. There are things that we should prepare for, be ready for. Um, worry is when that tips over and we begin to project um, scenarios that the statistics in the book say 90 plus percent of the time never actually come true. So let's take inflation for a minute. If I'm a single mom right now, or if I'm anybody right now, and I literally do not have enough money in the bank to pay a certain bill, and it's not because of any other circumstances, because of inflation, mm -hmm. then I, you need to be very, very concerned, obviously, and you need to get advice. You've got to 
make decisions. You've got to take action. You might need to sell something. You might need to relocate. You might need to move in with a friend. I don't know. There's a lot going on in that conversation. But what most people are doing, I believe, is reading the headline and going, oh, inflation's bad. Uh, we may, might not be able to sell our house like we were planning on next February. Or inflation's bad. We, we may XYZ scenario. And that's when worry tips over into a really negative place. And we're, we're taking tomorrow's worry and we're importing it in today's reality. And Jesus said, God gives us grace for every day. He does not say he gave us grace for tomorrow. So when I take tomorrow's worry and I put it in today, I don't have enough grace from God for today's worries and tomorrow's worries. And now I really don't even have the supply from heaven that I need and have, and promise to have peace in my heart. So, uh, just to take a situation I've been in, you know, I, I have uh, had a concern for a loved one, right? We we all we go through things, um, and and that can become worry in a hurry. Um, how how do you know if it's God putting His concern on your heart so that you take appropriate action? versus the enemy just toying with your mind to make you lose sleep and not trust God in a situation. And you know what I'm saying? How do you know where it's coming from sometimes? Well, that's a great question, Randy. And we, my, my wife and I are in a situation with a family member also right now is going through a health uh, challenge and has been for several years. Mm-hmm. And we're very concerned about it. And obviously that concern you know, fluctuates based on real life events that are going on. And we've been through a lot of ups and downs this year. And I think when you're in those moments, you want to be prayerful, you want to be helpful. And so I'm always asking, what can what can we pray about? And what, how can we be helpful? And how can we be involved? The worry comes, and you know, this is not from the Lord. If you're staying up in the middle of the night, it's not from God because he's the one who said he watches over us while we sleep. He gives to his beloved sleep. That's the end of that psalm. We, you know, the unless the Lord builds the house, the builder builds it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. For it's vain to rise up early and to stay up late when God gives his beloved sleep. Some translations say he gives to them in their sleep. And so if I'm staring at the ceiling, worried about our family health situation and wondering, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Well, what if that happens? Well, what if that happens? Mm-hmm. That's worry. It's it's me projecting into the moment things that have not happened yet. So I think God puts on our heart to, to be available when things do happen. But God doesn't ever lead us to have all the what ifs. Um, he'll, he'll give us what we need when something happens. He doesn't want us to worry about what if something happens. Yeah, I think the the what if <clears throat> is a big red flag because when we just work, they can't all happen, <laughs> you know. Um, and when we work them over, it it gets to be difficult. If you've been in the church, we've heard, you know, cast your cares on me. Jesus says, how do you how do you actually do that? <laughs> because that that sounds great, and I want to do that at times. But it's almost like sometimes the the concern won't leave me alone, and it flips to worry real quick. How do we how do we offload those things? Well, I think that as often as we need to, we continue to say to God, "I'm not in charge. 
you're in charge. And this is a relationship. You know, it's not a transactional thing where I'm like, oh, I'm really worrying about something. So I got to cast my cares on the Lord. It's me walking through the day in relationship with God and reminding myself and saying to him often through the day, I have a tendency to want to run this thing. I have a tendency to want to be in control of this. And I don't know what to do. And I'm not sure that I have what it takes to manage this circumstance and situation. So I'm just going to say again, I'm not God. I'm not in charge. You are God and you are in charge. And what I've been saying, Randy, uh, honestly, for the last six or eight years, and I talk a lot about this and don't give the enemy a seat at your table, I've been laying down in bed at night and literally saying to Jesus, Jesus, I put so-and-so in your hands. Mm -hmm. I put such-and-such -such situation in your hands. I, I can't handle it tonight. I honestly can't control it. I'm not in charge of it. I don't have enough power to fix it or change it. So I need to put this in your hands. I know you're going to be up all night. I know you never sleep. And so I'm going to put this in your hands and just trust you. I need sleep. And you can do that during the day as well, just to continually to say, casting my anxiety or my cares on him, put a name on them and specifically say to him, this person, because it's normally a person that's involved in these things. I'm putting them in your hands. How much of it, you said a word there, how much of it is a trust issue with God, trusting in his goodness, trusting in his attentiveness, uh, trusting in, you know, we read in his word, but sometimes I think we think we're special and it kind of doesn't apply to us, you know. Uh, how much of this is trust? A hundred percent of it is trust. They, you know, the way that we can ultimately win the war on worry is by locking our eyes on Jesus and realizing that he's greater than everything in this world. And we know his heart is good because we have the cross and we know his arms are strong because we have the empty tomb. So if he has a good heart and he has strong arms, then he deserves our trust. If he's given his very best for us, he deserves our trust. And so here's, here's the reality. A lot of us are out here worrying and but we never paused to start the day with god we we didn't check in with god we're not in relationship with god we haven't seen the throne of god today and so when the headline came we just caved right in the moment mm -hmm. versus going you know what i was i was at the throne of the universe earlier today worshiping a god who's unrivaled mm -hmm. and beautiful and now the headline has to fit into that scenario versus the throne having to fit into the headline scenario so we see the headline and we go god what are you doing see the headline where like, Lord, where are you? Right. And he's like, well, I've been sitting on this throne uh, from <laughs> everlasting to everlasting. And if you'd come and spend a few minutes with me over here, it would help reframe what you're facing. And I'm not trying to brush off uh, hardship, difficulties and challenges. I'm just saying that, that the call for our lives is to first come to him and to first see him as he is. Our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And to get that in view and then to move from there. And I think trust destroys fear and worry. Yeah, yeah, it does. All right, we're talking to Louis Giglio. This is the book right here, Winning the War on Worry. Uh, you can pick it up wherever you get books. It's third in a great series. We, we talked about um, don't get, you know, don't, uh, what is it? Don't give the enemy a seat at your table and then the follow-up at the table with Jesus. Uh, where did the... Where did this come from? Is this something that you're seeing in your church, something you've experienced personally? Um, 
just curious why you've kind of run down this road. Uh, it is definitely a personal journey for me. You know, don't give the enemy. We talked about it before, but that book really, someone asked me in an interview when the book came out, who did you write this for? And I said, I wrote it for myself. Yeah. Um, this is my story. This is my journey. I'm an anxiety overcomer and I, I have to stay in this groove with God every single day. And along with that, and as we were unpacking that book, we just didn't really have enough time to sit on worry as much as we wanted to. So we came back later and did this uh, this other resource. And I say in the in the book that I grew up in a worrying household, and maybe there are other people who did. And that's one of the lies of worry, by the way, is that, you know, I was a born worrier. People say that, you know, my parents were worriers. We worried at our house, and that's just the way I am. That's why I worry. And we definitely worried our house. My mom and my dad were champion level wor worriers. And <laughs> so that's my environment and my upbringing. And I have a tendency to default to worrying. Mm. And so I know God doesn't want me to live that way. And the good news of all good news, Randy, is that I'm, I'm not left to Martha, Jean and Louie. They were amazing people. But I've been born into a new family tree. And God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit gave birth to me when I put my faith in Jesus. And I'm a son of God. So my father's never worried. My heavenly father's never worried. Not one time ever in the history of history. And so if that's my father, and I've been born to him, born of him, then I have the possibility. Not going to be easy because I've got a lot of worrying in my story. But I have the possibility to move from worry to confidence and trust in him. Sounds like it requires um, a conscientious, conscientious rewiring of the brain to not default into those old ways. Have you had to kind of go through some exercises to kind of change the way that you think? Absolutely. And, you know, we, we I think we talked about this, but Dr. Caroline Leaf was uh, doing an interview with me around the time that No Seat came out, and she was talking about it from a, um, a physical, uh, medical side. Mm -hmm. And she said that it takes 66 days to create a new neural pathway in our brain, positive or negative. So if we, we consistently think a thought, that's really amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. For 66 days, that thought starts out as just a little footprint through the grass, and eventually after 66 days, it's a super freeway in our mind. And on that freeway, this negative thought or this positive thought can now freely travel. And it does until it cuts a Grand Canyon in our brain. And that's hard to overcome. But if you can create a negative thought in 66 days, you can create a positive thought in 66 days. And for me, some of them are as simple as, um, well, I know this is going to sound crazy, uh, maybe, but somebody listening is going to go, I totally know what you're thinking about. When you have a panic attack, saying to yourself, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die right yeah. now. I'm going to stay on that freeway because I know I'm not going to die. Maybe my brain's telling me I'm going to die. Maybe my psyche's telling me I'm going to die, but I know I'm not going to die. So I'm not going to go down that road right now. I might go down another road, but I'm not going down that road right now. We're going to make it. This is a positive freeway. We're going to get through this. God is greater than this. God is going to bring us to the other side. God is in the midst of this with us. And you start saying the things that you know are true, you're starting to create that pathway. And, you know, rewiring is exactly the right word. I mean, you're hitting it right smack on the head. And rewiring is God's word. So whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are praiseworthy, whatever things are honorable, Paul wrote, think on 
these things. How do we get free? By the renewing of our mind. This is how we get into a new way of life. And once again, if all we're reading is the headlines, we're creating a lot of fearful pathways in our mind. But if we're reading God's word consistently, that's what we're doing. We're rewiring our brains to think and to have pathways that we can move on that are true and that are good. I, I like that you quote the end of that scripture because a lot of times we hear, you know, Bible says don't worry. And you go, <clears throat> I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, but it tells us what to do instead. And, and I feel with a lot of negative things that I've, you know, we all deal with stuff in our lives. The absolute best way to overcome the negative is to fill it with the positive. God's positive. So when he tells us, don't worry, you go, okay. But then he tells us, here's what you do. Focus on these things. Because I think if we leave a vacuum, some of that stuff just creeps in. How much of dealing with worry is obedience? And, and not just reading something, but doing it. Well, there's nothing more peaceful than an obedient heart. And there's nothing that helps you sleep good at night than a clear conscience. And so following through with God is paramount to us having peace with God, <clears throat> peace with the people around us, and more importantly, sometimes peace with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, if there is unrest between us and what God wants for us, then we are not going to be at peace. And there's going to be a lot of tossing and turning in the night. And I think it's good to look under the hood sometimes of our anxiety and ask that question. Is there something that I need to make right with God or something that I need to make right with somebody else or something I need to make right with myself? Because in doing that, it's going to start us down that road. And I love what you're saying. You know, God never uses platitudes. He's, he never, never says to us, hey, don't worry about it, man. We're good. <laughs> right. No, he says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Um, let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, he said, the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your heart. But here's the other thing. It'll guard your mind mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus. And the way the Greek words are used there, it says that the, the peace of God will stand guard at your heart and stand guard at your mind. I can visualize that like a, a century of the peace of God standing at my emotions and standing at my thoughts. But how do I get that century there? Not by going, I need the century. I need the guard. I need the protection. No, you get the century there by continually letting your requests be made known to God, knowing that God hears what you're concerned about. Mm -hmm. And then you thank him that he hears what you're concerned about. God, thank you that you know what's concerning me right now. Thank you that you hear what's concerning me right now. The God of heaven is present in my story right now. And as we continually do that, that century of peace comes to take up a place in our mind and in our heart. And I love that God is not uh, asking us to do things that he know we, knows we can't do so that he can just laugh at us when we fail mm -hmm. and don't measure up to what he does. But he's empowering us by his spirit to do everything that he's calling us to do. And then he's giving us a blueprint to do it. And that's, you know, this is no substitute for the word of God, but this is a small book with a big message and the message is very practical. So if somebody picks this up, it's not gonna be, hey, don't worry. It's gonna be, here's some practical things you can do, like the things we're talking about right now to win the war on worry. Um, last question, I'm curious, because uh, it seems like I don't know, and maybe I maybe I'm just reading the headlines, but 
you know, younger adults and, and kids even, uh, and I don't know if it's COVID. I, I, I don't know. There seems to be a lot of unsettling things going on that's causing a high level of uh, anxiety among younger people, more so than when I was a kid, you know, and when you were a kid. Um, and maybe we just talk about it better. I, I'm not sure. But it, it to me, I, it seems like the further that we as a culture get away from God's truths, that the worst things get for people with their mental health. Are, have you seen some of this in, in, in you know, because you deal with a lot of younger people? Are you, are you experiencing some of this? Well, we all are. And I think it is true that the younger generation is suffering under anxiety, depression, maybe more than the generation before them. I think the facts bear that out. But adults are suffering with anxiety and depression more in the last five years, 10 years than before as well. And mm. I don't think we can blame it all on a smartphone or a tablet. Yeah. I do know that when I was a kid growing up, the two or three things I had to be worried about was uh, whether I was going to make it home before dark, um, you know, <laughs> whether yeah. my dad was going to come to my football game on Saturday. And, um, and then my grandmother passed away and it was very tragic and I didn't know all the details. I just knew it was rare, but I couldn't Google it. I couldn't go to my room and Google it. What what about XYZ liver disease? Mm. And am I going to have that? And what did all the articles online say about that? I just had to deal with the grief that I lost my grandmother. Mm. And now, you know, everything we do is exponentially compounded by the information overload that is waiting for all of us at the click of button or the tap of our finger. And I'm telling you, it's not making people more peaceful. The technology revolution has not brought more peace to the world. It actually has even brought more connectivity to the world. People feel lonely <laughs> yeah. and they feel isolated more than ever. And so I'm, I'm happy that we have all this technology and you and I are utilizing it right now. And we couldn't have done this when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. We would have written le letters back and forth to each other and made this interview happen somehow. But we've got to put down uh, the cares of the world yeah. and open up our lives again to the creator of the world. And I, I must do that today is to put down the cares, close the laptop, put the phone down and reconnect with the creator of the world. And this is what I was made for and it's what we were made for and connected with him. I can come back and open up the laptop, go back to the phone, enter back into a very interconnected world. Um, but I can do it having my heart grounded in the one who's reigning over it all. You know, after the last election, I I sh shut off the news for a while. Uh, no talk radio. I have a long commute, and no talk radio. I just put on some worship music, uh, maybe an audio book, and it was amazing how the cares of this world and the irritations and the agitations they just kind of melted away. I think sometimes we do. I mean, heck, if Jesus pulled away and went up to the mountaintop to pray to get away from the people for a while, certainly we need to pull back sometimes. No doubt about it. And I, I think worship is the greatest weapon. Um, obviously, the Word of God is the weapon. But when we are in God's Word and we are worshiping the living God, you know, we've said this many, many times, and I know it sounds like a little spiritual bumper sticker cliche, but worship and worry can't be in our mouths at the same time. Yeah, One displaces the other. That's good. And so if you don't want to worry, start worshiping. 
um, that's the key. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Louie, man, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your message. Bless you guys out there. Look forward to Dickey's Arena here in Fort Worth at the end of December uh, for your Passion Conference. And then your Passion 2023, yeah. coming back to the Metroplex, and we're pumped about it. It's almost sold out. And uh, we're excited. If you're 18 to 25, you could probably get a ticket this week, but that's going to be about it. They're going to be gone. And I did want to say, Randy, and I know if you was, let me say this really fast, but I've never had a book in a big box retail chain store before. And this book, Winning the War on Worry, is in select Walmarts right oh, now. Wow. So if anybody's in a Walmart, just go by the book section, look for Winning the War on Worry. If you see one, pick it up. We're trying to convince Walmart that they should have it in every store. So that's the goal. Nice. nice. Okay. And if and if it's spine out, just reach there and turn it <laughs> face out. <laughs> no, if it's spine out, take it and up to the cashier and take it out. <laughs> and take it out. Okay. Even better. All right. Louis Giglio, I sure appreciate you, man. Great to have you. Love being on with you, Randy. Thank you so much. Appreciate all you guys watching, man. Hit share. You know somebody that could use a little peace today. Hit share. Hit like and follow, subscribe. Come back tomorrow. I've got uh, Alexa and Carlos Penavega dancing with the stars. So you want to be with us tomorrow. See you again next time here on Life Today Live. Right.